Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. For every dollar we lose, we lose a piece of our future freedom and financial independence. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Just sipping on a little bit of mother's milk from Keegan House. Very nice. It's a tasty stout. I also have a stout. Oh, yeah? What kind of stout? I got my Buffalo Sweat, the vanilla Uh, variety, still in the can. Nice. Because I don't actually... Never mind. No, I take that back. I do have I do have glasses big enough to hold it. I'm just thinking of like my real beer glasses. Or how much is in there? It's a 16 ounce, I think. Oh, okay. And then the the beer glasses I got for Christmas are like 13 and 14 ounce, respectively. So your parents are trying to limit your intake. Is that well? I got them from Anna's uncle, but maybe that's maybe that is the case. I don't know. He knows you can get carried away. Where's my boot? Right. That's right. You know, when you have those big ones, like the leader, you're supposed to hold it out with your arm extended, you know, with, with everyone. Like, do the thing. And see, see who's the, the yeah. I mean, whoever's the weakest will. It. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's actually surprisingly hard to keep your arm out there. Are we going to have this leader. competition? We, we, maybe we should. <laughs> I, I think that you will beat me <laughs> a couple times. I'm going to get so drunk if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put some, like, really light stuff in there. <laughs> But yeah, so today's catchphrase is for every dollar we lose, we lose a piece of our future freedom and financial independence. And that is from Fit Financial FOC on Twitter. I don't know what the FOC is. Hmm. Do you? I do not. No? FOC, financial over the counter. Yes. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to come up with that right now. My wit's feeling a little slow today. But, hey, if you want to get your catchphrases read on the show, you can send them over to us at, at Money Matters Man on Twitter or Listen Money Matters on Facebook. And we need catchphrases. We do need catchphrases. And uh, so today, we're talking about the seven deadly sins. Oh, so clever. That can punish your bank account. That's true. Ooh. Dude, you just my own in there. You you nailed it at the end right there. I was like I was like, what? You planned that? <laughs> and I'll go jump out a window right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You came up with this concept. I don't even know what they are. So Alright, so so uh, so give me the pitch here. Beyond the pun, like what's the value? What's the value proposition? So I think <laughs> that there's well, first of all, I'll answer your question. The seven the seven deadly sins are greed, sloth, envy, pride, gluttony, and lust. And also wrath. I was going to say that was only six. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't count. It's the eighth one. Wait, what's the eighth one? <laughs> correcting people incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that we can um, apply all of them to personal finance and kind of like... Uh, let, me, let me start off with... So greed's really easy, but um, let's take, say, lust, for example, like a more challenging one. So it's, of course, you know, generally described as, you know, sexually, right? You lust after someone. So hookers are a lot of uh, money, I guess. (laughs) So, (laughs) So lust could also be, I mean, lust is like the wanting of something. And so it could be. Trying to figure out how that like doesn't overlap with greed. So, um, greed is like the pursuit of material things. So I think, um, ah, oh, damn you. <laughs> like three minutes in. <laughs> I, I think that like greed is just like, you know, uh, unabashedly, I, I totally butchered that word. Just like trying to like more, more, more. Like I, like, you know, I have $10 million. I need $11 million. I need $50 million. Okay. And I think lust is like, um, you uh, have a huge flat screen TV. Mm. Well, actually, no, that's that's kind of envy. I don't know. You, huh? I'm like looking at. Uh, let's see here. In English speaking countries, the term lust is often associated with sexual desire, probably because of this verse, which is Matthew five twenty seven. But as the English word was originally a general term for desire, the Greek word. Something I can't read Greek. <laughs> it's also a general term for desire. So the LSJ lexicon suggests set one's heart upon a thing long for covet desire as the glosses for whatever this Greek word is. 
Um, so yeah, actually, that makes that makes sense. Or or you could just directly correlate it to the amount of money we spend on porn. So so I just took a look and the Amer- like Americans in total spend about ten to thirteen billion dollars on porn over the course of a year. So maybe uh, just get it for free. A lot of people who don't know about the internet. I was like, yeah, do you know about <laughs> that one site that we all know about but are not gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what site you're talking about, Andrew. It's like a hub. I'm a paragon of uh morality. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's YouTube, isn't it? And that's so exactly. So trying to figure out like what the definition of greed here is then. So like in terms of Seven Deadly Sins kind of thing. I'm well, wondering if like cuz Seven Deadly Sins isn't that part of is that part of like Dante's like uh Divine Comedy or is it like actually Ooh. Never mind, it's like actually a Catholic Church thing. I, okay. You think this? I don't think it's. I thought I'm, it was I'm just like, like a. Oh. I'm like going through the Wikipedia article right now. <laughs> so yeah, we have all like this this history and stuff. There's actually a mm. bunch of stuff behind it. No, you're right. It's it's Christian ethics, early Christian times, and I mean, well, I wasn't trying to get all like super religious. It was just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where the the definitions come from of them. Right, right. So yeah, I guess lust is just defined as an intense desire. So desiring things too intensely i guess so <laughs> which i guess you could you could like turn around for just desiring too much stuff you know so how about this so so not not only like we'll we'll talk on each of the debt leasons um why don't we talk about maybe how to avoid getting caught up in it because okay I, I think it's easy i you know like look we're gonna sit here on our high mm-hmm. desk chairs and uh like you know say like well i don't lust and whatever but i think like everyone kind of does all the things and it's what you do to not like fall victim i guess all righty so since so since we started with lust how do you not lust after money or you know things uh well i do that thing so i don't know (laughs) <laughs> like like the new house like the house we're gonna move into i think i'm i'm lusting after that i very much desire to move into a house um but to, to be useful i think well look the, the fact that the fact that you guys are going there it doesn't mean like you some to succumb to lust like how long have you been living in your current place and then how long after what, three years almost two and a half years yeah and I mean, is it going to be like the Rolls Royce of play? I mean, you also you'll have roommates still, and so it's not like you're getting a castle in Brooklyn. That's true, but that might be that might be gluttony a little mm. bit, like overconsumption. Um, I, I think a lot of these are kind of tied in, like lust, gluttony, greed. They're they have differences, which I'm kind of seeing here, uh, but they are kind of tied into this overarching idea of desiring things. Uh, too much, I guess, mm. in a wasteful manner, in an overconsumptuous manner. And for me, the, the I think the best way that I avoid <clears throat> that kind of a mindset is by like devoting myself to creative projects because mm. then I don't have time to want stuff. Like that's a very good I, I point. I may have told actually. you this story. Um, I don't remember if I did, but when I started making like good money and finally paid off my debt, there was one day that I found myself. Like on the internet, spending like almost an hour researching like sheets and like thread counts and like well, how to get the best sheets. And I was like, you know what? I spent most of my life sleeping on like Walmart sheets. They're like 300 thread count and I was never unhappy. Why am I spending a bunch of time? Yeah. You know, and a bunch of effort on getting new sheets that are going to cost a bunch of money. That's completely worthless. And part of it is like once you touch those fancier sheets, it's almost like you must now have the fancy sheets and you can't go back to oh, the one you used yeah. to be happy with. So actually, that's that's a good point. Um, what kind of headphones are you wearing right now? Oh, shit. One sec. Let me... Uh... Do you know? It was like Biodynamics or something? DT Pro something. You know, I don't have the thing on it still. Were they like super expensive? They were pretty expensive. I think they were so, 
maybe between fifty and hundred dollars. Oh, that... that's not bad. That's not that's oh, not okay. expensive. No, um, headphones can like like the. All right, maybe Sennheiser... these are more. Maybe they're like closer to two hundred. I'm sorry, because that's still not bad. Like the Sennheiser, like ATR six fifty is like. Six hundred dollars or something well, like that. Well, yeah, no, they're definitely. And not. then you need like a headphone app to get the most out of it. Basically, my point is, when I was in college, I started getting into headphones, mm-hmm. and I made a conscious decision not to listen to any like super high end headphone because I didn't want to get used to it. So I will and, say, not yeah. that not that I need them, but uh, I was in college <laughs> and I was using a Q-tip for what they warn you to never use a Q-tip for, yet we all use them for anyways. Isn't that the only thing people use Q-tips for? Yeah, I know, right? It's like <laughs> they're literally made for cleaning your ears. Like, I don't even know. What do you do? Clean your nose with them? And no and But they tell you to not do it for that thing that you buy them for. <laughs> and I was doing that, and someone came and accidentally bumped my arm, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was It was actually beyond really bad. But um, now, like, if I have, I can't have noise canceling headphones because I can still hear. You know, it's a little less than one, but it, it like, I feel like there's air blowing. It's like weird, so I need kind oh. of n- nicer ones so it like I can actually use them. Can you use earbuds like this? Yeah, so I could use earbuds like that. That's fine. okay. You just can't use like totally closed sealed headphones. Yeah, it's the noise canceling ones that like f with my head. Gotcha. That sounds spooky. I'm not going to clean my ears around people now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm crazed. Like, I, like, close and, like, lock the bathroom door when I'm, like, doing that. Yeah, I bet you do. I have to have to be, like, seated because, God forbid, I'll fall or something, you know. I'm but, yeah, that makes sense. So abstaining from, like, the higher-end things. Mm. I guess, like, if you if you know you enjoy something, then, like, why upgrade it? Because then you may just sort of move the bar of normality. Um, And, like, with, with like, alcohol, I try this because you know scotch goes up to like hundred dollars a bottle and more oh yeah and i'm like i don't want to pay that because i like to have you know a little glass of scotch every night and that's going to be really expensive so i just kind of stick myself at like the 25 dollar bottle and don't go up from there and And it's not to say like on occasion i wouldn't have something nicer if it was like a special thing but well same and and like so we'll drink like a lot of wine like a lot we're like really like we love red wine whatever but we're going to drink it like it's $5, so we might as well buy it for $5. <laughs> Do they have $5 wine in New York? Um, If you buy, like, multiple bottles, you can get it. Like, if you're buying a one-off at a corner store, it might be, like, eight ninety nine. But uh, we could usually do pretty good. Dude, I can go down to the grocery store and buy a $3 bottle of wine. What? Yeah. That definitely doesn't. You can get, Colora- <laughs> like, a jug of Colorossi for, for maybe <laughs> on par volume-wise, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, at the grocery store, they have like a, a three, six, nine shelf wow. where it's like $3 wines, then $6 wines, then $9 wines. So everyone in Iowa is an alcoholic? <laughs> a wineaholic? Uh, well, I'm certainly not. Closest I get to drinking wine is sparkling Moscato mm. or cognac because that was wine, right? True, true. I try to like like impress my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I'm drinking wine, Anna. She's, she's, like, she's not, like, no, you're not. not. Buying it. <laughs> she's not buying it <laughs> so yeah uh let's move on to gluttony actually because mm. this this is one that i think has a good uh differentiating factor from lust that actually kind of ties into money uh so gluttony is specifically designed or specifically defined as like overindulgence or overconsumption to the point of waste right and uh and this is like it's also considered a sin if the excessive, excessive desire for food causes it to be withheld from the needy. Hmm. So I guess that could be something to talk about. I, I don't know if we're like directly like preventing the needy from eating because we're, right. we're eating a lot. But I, See, I, I definitely have that, a lot of like dining out experiences, though, I have to admit. There's definitely a lot of overconsumption, and I always feel really bad because I'll like go to the grocery store, buy stuff, not use it, and then have to throw it away. So we're we're really like good with the groceries. Like, are you? Laura's like a ninja with that stuff. Like, we'll actually sooner like have nothing in the house than like waste like mm. that way. But then we also go out to eat a lot, and I think just the act of like having this like meal prepared for you is probably gluttony. I mean, we definitely eat a lot when we go out. You know, that could be. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's tough to define over consumption. Mm. I guess of like. 
I don't know. But for me, it's definitely apparent that if I if I buy food and don't use it, that is gluttony. Yeah. Know? And that that's bad. I don't want to do that. So do you guys like is Laura just really good at like meal planning or what? So uh, it's definitely evolved and it used to be like we go to the supermarket and we like threw shit in the cart that we wanted and okay. uh, it's evolved to the point where like she knows pretty much what meal is going to happen on Monday, what's going to happen on Tuesday. Maybe there's like a buffer day because we might go out or just skip because we'll be at whatever and then she's basically buying the stuff that we need for that. Okay. So – like we we basically have exactly what we need, and then you know like every dinner has like a little bit of leftovers. Like we'll make couscous, and there's some left, so she might have that for lunch or you know the next yeah. dinner. Okay, yeah, I think I need to do that specifically, like meal planning, and it's tough because Anna's in school, and then I'm in this apartment that I'm not with her. I'm with three roommates, and they all just throw random stuff in the fridge. So then you don't even know what's in the fridge at that point. <laughs> you don't know what belongs to who. And it's, I don't know, it's very stressful. So I want to get to the point where somebody does meal planning. And also when we move into the house, I want like people to do shared meals. Because I think one of the big problems is everyone cooks for themselves. But like the grocery stores don't really sell food for individual consumption in a lot of cases. Like if you buy a loaf of bread, you may not use it on your own before it goes moldy. But if you're like, oh, we're buying it for two people well then you can use it you know right right and there's like literally not room in the freezer for the bread so you can keep (laughs) it for longer (laughs) so yeah i don't know i think i'm guilty of that one right now and i want to fix it so uh do you you don't go in with your roommates on groceries or it's just you and anna (laughs) it's just me so okay everything's individualized right now so if you go um like how much will it cost you roughly for a month to do groceries? Oh, I don't even know. That's it's, it's my worst category by far. So you just go to the supermarket. You're like, guys, I'm a baller. Just put it in my <laughs> cart and I'll buy it. <laughs> well, I don't even go. To, the only person I go to the store with these days is Anna. Mm. You know, and it's I like I basically know exactly what I want, and I go get it, and then she gets what she wants, and we pay for it separately. It's, mm. it's almost as if we were there by ourselves. But, but, you have, but you have company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm the kind of person that doesn't really pay much attention. I just kind of grab things and put them in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I spend. I, I'm kind of like that. We'll be going down an aisle and I'll see like croutons with like that. Like they have like an award on them. Like they won like, I don't know, crouton of the year award or like whatever. I'm like, I need award winning croutons and like two bags. Oh, I'm actually a little different than that. I'm not impulsive where I'll just grab like things that I see. I'm more like, I don't know, the kind of guy that just goes in. I know exactly what I want. I don't, I don't even stop walking. I just like grab it as I walk by, <laughs> put it in the cart. But I don't look at the price. I have never looked at the price. I don't know what it costs. It just goes into the cart and then I pay the total. See, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know the price of most individual things. Like I'll know like the soups because there's always like a big deal on them and stuff. Like. Mm. What like progressive soups, but I, I know like for the two of us for a week, like we could do like about a hundred dollars. Which so do you guys have like a specific day you go to the store? Nah, she just kind of goes whenever. I'll go okay. with her if like we're really behind. I think this is the reason why I don't know what I spend on groceries because I don't really keep inventory, mm. so I just go whenever like one thing runs out. But then I'll be there, and I wouldn't like I won't have planned well enough in advance to get the next thing that's going to run out so then i have to go like the next two days later i'll be back there that that's so it's really inefficient that's very not frankly yes it's like (laughs) one of those areas in my life uh like the trunk of my car where it just gets ignored food shopping the dirt is coming out i knew (laughs) there were there were places you weren't efficient i'm like here's this man rudely efficient in everything like i want to be you no your trunk sucks (laughs) man trunk of my car sucks (laughs) Dude, one time when I was when I was eighteen, uh, I got hired to mow this guy's lawn, mm. and then like the wind blew like a for sale sign from somebody else's house into the lawn, and like it went right under the lawnmower, <laughs> so it like just explodes in a million pieces all over this dude's <laughs> lawn, and I'm like, well, crap, what do I do? <laughs> so I just picked up like I spent like an hour picking up every little tiny piece, and I didn't have a bag, so I just threw it in the back of my car. 
And it's like still so there. So that car trunk just has like <laughs> little, like I tried to claim up most of it, but there's just like little for sale sign chippings in Dude. my trunk. So, 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 okay, seriously though, the wind blew it and just went under the lawnmower. <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. It's like the worst luck. Man, I'm, you're lucky it didn't like explode or something. I wish I could be like, nah, I was just being stupid and wanted to run over, but I think I would have been able to predict what was going to happen. <laughs> and not wanted to clean it up but yeah that was annoying damn that's ridiculous that was like change a three hour mowing job into a four hour mowing job so I think the next one's a tough one greed and like how do you reconcile greed with say you know investing or wanting more or trying to prepare for retirement like you know cause it could very easily be mistaken or Dude, just listen to Gordon Gecko. Why? What Greed does he say? Good. Greed is good. Greed is good. Oh, greed is good. Yeah, nothing bad happens to him. <laughs> Have you seen Wall Street? Ah, uh, I don't think so. You haven't seen Wall Street? Wait, is that that really old one? Uh, it's like 1980s. Yeah, maybe like I Charlie did. Charlie Sheen. Dude, I'm so bad with names. I'm so bad. Like if I saw like the first like scene, I would know. But uh, but. But you run a money podcast. I probably saw it. I just don't remember. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I just, I just find that kind of interesting that you haven't seen it. No. All right. You know, Michael what? Douglas and yeah. see, like, okay. Here's the thing. I, I'm so bad. Like, you say Michael Douglas. Like, I've heard his name before. I, I probably know. I'm. Sh- I'm sure I know him, but I can't put a face to the name. Like, I'm just not. I get. Maybe I just never put like weight to stuff like that. Well, basically, Charlie Sheen's an ambitious young grad and goes to work for him in a giant investment bank. I think he gets hired at a different one first and then eventually gets taken <gasps> oh, on. Oh, and this is the one with the devil. The what? devil? Wait, wait, not Charlie Sheen. No, wait, there was another one that was... Anyways, it looks it looks familiar. <clears throat> Nothing supernatural in it. All right, something in another it's one. It's just a businessy movie, but it's good. Gordon Gekko. All right. I find it surprising that you have not seen Wall Street or like Margin Call. Have you at least seen Limitless? I have seen Limitless. I okay. love that movie. I I'm wish like they think, had like, that. Money movies for money podcasters and like money geeks. Limitless is definitely beyond there. I think it's not directly about money, but like he does day trading, and it's like I think what every person like us wishes we could do. Like amp our brain to ridiculous levels. Yeah, man. Ah, that'd be awesome. Like just yeah, predict the future and shit. Yeah. It's like all a joke. Well that might be getting a bit greedy. Yeah, so dude, where do you draw the line? You know, you, you wanna put your money in investments, you want it to grow. Um, does that make you greedy? Um you know, so as as a as a scientific person mm. and uh you know, I, I'm not so sure that some overarching body or like authority can tell me like at what point I have too much and I'm now greedy. Mm. But I think it's a personal decision to figure out like what standard of living that you're comfortable at and then what investment, like level of investments will likely get you to a point where you can enjoy that for the rest of your life. And after that point, then yeah, maybe you ought to think about giving money away. And if you don't, then that could be a little greedy. I don't know. So not you know, to on the want other hand, for want's sake. Yeah. And then it's like... See, I don't know if like every person like should say, I don't know if we should say like you have an obligation to give away your money mm. if you're at a certain level. Like you can make your own decisions. I'm not going to call you, I don't know. Like I'm not going to call other people greedy just because they have too much stuff. But personally, there is a level that I would get to where I would say, okay, I, I have too much and I want to start giving some away. Mm. And if I don't, then I would consider myself greedy. I think I we get into fair. one of those slippery slopes where I don't want to start judging other people because I. I'm not like a higher authority that can set the standard. Mm. <clears throat> Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, maybe you have a different view on that. No, I actually, I agree with you. I think um, there are some people and I, and I think it's maybe not greed as much as a competition and just the, the number is how you keep score, right? So it's, they were, you know, they were never after money. They were just after the highest score. And, yeah. And I think... Um, uh, because it's like resources uh, that is kind of greedy, 
right? There's like tons of people who have none and you're just going to hoard and, um, but I agree. So maybe, maybe you could, you could draw a line and say, you know, if you have enough and your pursuit of more actively harms other people, then that's Mm. like definitely greedy. There you go. So like trying to work harder and expand your business and making more money, you know, that wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's inherently greedy, but if like you have a bunch of land and then you just decide to go take some land from other people because you want more then yes, that's greedy and also just overall bad. And you know what? Um, if you were not, not that, sorry, I'm not religious, whatever, but I feel like if you wanted, you know, you wanted more and you keep taking more and whatever you can like atone, I guess for it. similar to how I think, you know, Bill Gates did where he was a richest man in the world for a while. And he was like a cutthroat businessman, like basically mm. an asshole. But now he's like obsessed with giving his money away, some of Warren Buffett's money away, like all, a lot of other rich people, and like helping the world. So you know what? Uh, in that case, like because he could do so much good with it. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't for naught, you know. Have you uh, started watching? You started watching Men That Built America, right? Oh, dude, it's awesome! I meant to tell you. I didn't meant to like thank you because we're like both like really into it right now. It's real good. Yeah. Have you gotten to the second episode yet? No, no, not yet. Okay, that one's. I think that one's a lot more about Andrew Carnegie. Mm. So you'll get to learn about that dude, and he was definitely the kind of person that wanted to give away a lot of money. Like, he, I guess it was like a very, very personal drive to him. That's why there's a Carnegie Hall. It's, uh, well, actually, you know, Carnegie Hall was built when he was a younger man, I believe. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think he wanted to be a little philanthropic uh, throughout a lot of his life, but he got really philanthropic when he got older. Hmm. And that's why, like, a lot of the libraries in the country are Carnegie-built libraries. Hmm. Uh, but funny, funnily enough, Rockefeller actually ended up giving away more than he did. Really? Oh, just because yeah. you think it was because he was much wealthier? He was richer, but also he just lived a lot longer. Hmm. Like, that dude, I think he was, like, 97 when he died or something. Wow. Like, he lived a long time. I don't think Carnegie lived to see World War One, and Rockefeller lived well past it. Really? And Rockefeller was older than him. I mean, like, uh, yes, I believe so. Mm. I believe so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, dude, you're going to love the rest of the episodes. It's so good. Yeah. Anybody listening, go watch Men Who Built America. Mm. It's one of the best, like, well-made documentaries I've ever seen. It's, like, really interesting. And it's on Netflix, so it's free, easy. Yes, it is also free. And, and it's right. about, like, moguls. Yeah. Yeah. So the next uh sins are like not as i guess similar well sloth is like being lazy yeah yeah so let's let's talk about that like what's what's financial laziness because i mean i think you know sloth by itself is pretty easy to define dude i actually think most people will fall into the sloth like financial laziness because to be honest like it takes a hell of a lot of work to keep up with all this stuff like just your mortgage and then every year they send you a thing your taxes went up so do you want to send them a check or do you want your payment to go up and did you pay your water bill because it's not automatable and blah 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 like it's like it's like a constant always I, I could see why it gets away from people yeah it's like entropy everything just keeps getting crazy yeah it just gets more like chaotic. more more and worse uh, but so remember when we interviewed Alexa Von Tobel? Mm, yeah. She said like the one thing she would have everyone do is like do a financial, I guess like checkup at the beginning of every year. Mm. I know I don't do that. At least I haven't. I don't think I've done it before. Like a legit like sit down and, and look at things I don't even have to deal with now, like potentials in the future. Mm. Maybe that could fall in this category. True. Like, like planning you know ahead as opposed yeah. to not planning at all. Like, you know, see... I think there's like good sloth and bad sloth. Like good sloth is just like being smart and building efficient systems so you don't have to do the work. But then there's like, I guess, neglect, you know, like, you know, there's certain things you should do, but you're just, you don't get them done. So I'll give you a, for example. Um, and I mean that you have to deal with this too. Like, uh, the small business like setup, you have to pay quarterly taxes and Mm. with employees, there's like tax withholding. So you have to, taxes in from your bucket and take taxes from their salary and then like literally just hold that for a few months and you have to be proactive about the whole thing and if you're not the tax bill is going to come and every three months you're just gonna be like oh shit oh shit you have to find the money oh yeah 
Yeah, I do. So one thing I want to do is like set up a separate bank account for taxes. Because that way when I get paid, I could just like immediately put like half of it there. Mm. And then I wouldn't ever have to deal with that like worry. So Johnny's working with me and yeah, we're going to set it up so we'll have a tax withholding account, like main account and just kind of as much as possible automate that stuff because. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's a lot of work. So I'm like reading this wiki article here mm. and the like a bottom part for a sloth said that like over time the exact deadly sin referred to was believed to be the failure to utilize one's talents and gifts. Oh shit, that is that's like deep and I love that. Yeah, so there's I guess there's like different meanings to it. I guess you could just blanket, you know, at the surface say, "Oh yeah, don't be lazy." It's like, yeah, Thomas, what? you can make videos, you could do audio stuff, you could write. So it's like you'd be a sloth to not utilize your abilities to do something, like just uh-huh. whatever that is. I, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess that's the thing to think about, like, what are you good at, you know? And I don't want to come across like saying, like, oh, you have this talent, and if you don't use it, you're just a lazy person, because maybe you don't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a fantastic lawyer, but you don't like being a lawyer, so don't do that. <laughs> or, or you could dig ditches faster than anyone. You just don't like to dig ditches. Yeah. And so, I mean, you can, I guess that's like the definition of like an economics, you know, if there's a demand and a supply, if you want somebody else to do something for you, if you as long as you can pay for it, mm. then you don't need to do it yourself. But I don't know, like maybe maybe you could... Think about it in terms of like a relationship. Like what's one thing you can do in your relationship better than than like Laura can? Mm. And like if you don't do that, are you being slothful? Yeah, I would think so like, because then she has to expend more effort to do it than say I would or vice versa. Right, yeah. So like I know in my relationship, like I know more about money than Anna does partly because I'm on a money podcast. <laughs> so maybe it would be a little lazy of me if I just like refuse to like teach her about money management and all the stuff that she needs to learn about Mm. or maybe in my friend group as well like my friends want to learn how to pay their taxes or something like i could teach them that i have that talent i like that yeah not withholding talent yeah i feel like i'm freewheeling a little bit on this but (laughs) but i mean it's it's kind of a topic like that huh we are trying to apply like a biblical framework to to money (laughs) (laughs) They talk a lot about money in the Bible. Not not that we're at all going down that religious route, just, you know. It, it's a big thing. It's been part of the yeah. world for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it is partly a cultural book as well, so. Mm. So, uh, wrath is pretty easy. And I want to equate, like, wrath to rash decision-making as well. So, like, rage being rash? yeah. Well, I mean, I guess at like, you know, the top level, oh, well, you get mad and you throw your iPhone at the wall and now you have to buy a new one. (laughs) (laughs) That'll put you in debt. But more specifically, I think wrath is like a good reminder that strong emotions can cause us to kind of make snap decisions Mm. that we don't think about. And that can cost a lot of money, Hmm. you know? You know, when I was thinking about it, I, I was thinking about like the the anger rage part, and I guess I was thinking like it's very easy to blame other people for your problems. You know, mm. I'm in debt because this person did this or because someone, and I think maybe like the solution there, or I mean would be to kind of internalize and take responsibility. So instead of getting angry at others, you accept what is and then focus on changing it. Oh, okay. So like it allows you, that realization lets you get past the blame, which like doesn't let you take action. Yeah, exactly. Because it's someone else's fault, so you're not going to do anything. Yeah. So here's another one. Um, Right here it says, Dante described vengeance as love of justice perverted to revenge and spite. And that reminded me of what you were talking about, the uh, the rational decision of splitting $100, where if I say to two people, 
you know, I'm going to split $100 between the two of you. The first person gets to decide the split. But if the second person doesn't agree with it, then you, you both get nothing. Mm. So even if the first person says, like, oh, I want $99, give the second person $1, the rational thing to do for the second person would be to say, okay, because that person still comes out with a dollar. Mm. But human nature will jump so, to revenge before it'll jump to rationality and it'll say, no, screw that. And then nobody will get anything. So we have like this innate desire to sort of get even and have justice before like, the <laughs> rational decisions are made mm. and you lose a dollar on that. But I think that happens in real life all the time. Like we waste so much time and resources trying to get even or get revenge or just like stewing and like slights against us. And we could use that time to make more money or save money that we're or save resources that we're using to like get even. And yeah. So that's my little definition of wrath right there. I like that. Although, definition. De- definition. <laughs> oh, we are so clever this episode. Damn. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else to add to that one? Um, no, you know, I like that. I like that. I think that was good. Cool. Envy is almost too easy. Mm. See, that's the one you go to your buddy's house. He has a huge (laughs) flat screen TV and you just want it. Why? Because he has it and you want it. It's like total keep up with the Joneses thing. Yeah. My friend, uh, Chris, he he graduated and went to Minnesota to work. But he comes down like maybe at least once a month. And he has like this nice new car. And like every time he comes down, I'm always like, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I should finally get a new car. And I never think about it, you know? Mm. Like on a day-to-day basis, I never like get into my car and be like, oh, I hate this car. I want a new one. It's only when I see like a friend that has a newer car. And then I'm just like, oh, I don't have that. I want that. It's like, no, I'm, I don't know. I don't need that. You know, and like you would never know these people's circumstances, really. I mean, unless like you're super frank and you talk about money or whatever. It's these people could have all these things you're like this guy he is such a baller yet like he's <laughs> into debt up to his nose trying to like with like uphold this image and then you, here's you you actually like have a positive net worth and you're like god if only i could have that car but you're like being prudent about it this is ted ted has a loving family a new house in the suburbs a bmw and sends his kid to the best college how does he do it I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I, th- I try to remind myself, maybe not of that specifically, but of like what my values are. And I think like above, definitely above having a new car, above having a nice, like super awesome house, it's being debt free mm. of having like, any sort of freedom. So I don't know. That's kind of like the mindset that I try to keep. I heard someone woo in the background when you're like yeah. debt free. And I heard like, woo. Yeah, I think he's I think he's home from work. Something you're excited about? Podcasting, dude. <laughs> Prudcrusting. The Prudcrust. <laughs> I've actually left the door open because the cat's here. Mm. And I have a water out in the hallway. But uh yeah. It's the nice thing about this new mic. Doesn't really make much like outside noise come in. Yeah, it's like a, I could hear it, but I think, uh, what, what are they called? Like condensers? I- isolate? Well, this is a dynamic mic, mm. actually. But yeah, it, it kind of only takes like what's right around it. Uh, certainly better than the last mic. And being in this room, I mean, I have that phone back there, but it's just, I don't know, I could I could get away with a lot worse of an acoustic environment with this mic than the last one it's just these mics are amazing we sound so great you should hear us in real life you'd want to kill yourself (laughs) (laughs) we have terribly disgusting voices (laughs) you should see all the knobs all the knobs and filters we have to put on (laughs) 700 effects what what do they call auto-tune like a, we could sing like Britney Spears. We have all we have all the machinery. You should try throwing auto tune on one of our episodes just to see what happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, that'd be awesome. Dude, I don't, I don't think I actually have uh, any effects on my voice right now. No, I actually don't think I, I either. When I come to New York, I'm gonna throw some on there for us, but we haven't gotten them yet. Oh yeah, it's gonna sound like like I have co- uh, Howard Stern co-hosting with me. There we go. You know, it's funny. I've like never listened to Howard Stern, so you keep like making that reference, and I'm like. I've never heard him. 
Really? I know he's like super famous. And he's like, he calls himself the king of media or something like that. Dude, he was like the only guy. It was like literally the the only one on radio that was. I mean, he was he was just really big back then. Okay. Didn't listen to a whole lot of talk radio. Yeah, you know, and everything. There's all these things that like kids are not gonna. I mean, you're not like a kid, but like, uh, so you show someone like a VHS, and they're like, I, I don't <laughs> get it. What what's what's that? You had to wind it. Why would they ever make that? Doesn't make sense. They're like, <laughs> no, that was like like the latest shit back then. No, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny to think like that's also very similar to how they used to store data on computers. Yeah, like, long term, like in tape drives. Because hard drives would fail or whatever. They still do that for uh, backup and stuff at work. It's like we have like fast storage for the databases and then we back up to tape and they literally go like oh. shove it into a mountain somewhere. You still do tape drives? Yeah, for backups. For like, because I guess they're the best for long term like uh, durability. Okay. I figured you guys would like have upgraded to like Amazon Cloud or something like that at this point. Well, it's not that we couldn't use that. It's just more expensive. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Well, hey, we have one more sin. What's that? Pride. Ah, pride. Being Mm. Kanye West. Oh, my God. That guy. Just just (laughs) stop. Just stop. All right. This is your episode, so you got to start this one out. Uh, Pride make you get in debt. Dude, pride pride is easy because, uh, one, like the hubris. I must have mentioned that word a million times on this podcast. Just I'm like really against – Getting like full of yourself and thinking you're great. I think it's like the most dangerous thing that could happen to you. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Because if you're like prideful and you think you're like some sort of special snowflake, you might rush into decisions without doing like the due, uh, due diligence. Dude, the the whole thing, it like smacked me in the face. I graduated college. My first job was at Lehman Brothers and everyone was brilliant. Like you had to be the blah, 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 smartest of something to get in to like the investment banks back then. And you had this room of brilliant people doing amazing things with the most expensive technology. And then how do you miss this? And it was because, uh, uh, and when I joined, we were like six months behind on the paperwork for the thing that caused the whole bankruptcy, the, the credit default swaps. Oh. And the thing is, like, anyone who came in and, like, you know, heard this, like, you're six months behind on determining the valuation and risk of things that you're already selling. Like, isn't that crazy? But we were all, I mean, we, I mean, I didn't make these decisions, but they were all so smart that, you know, they couldn't see the forest for the trees. So it was basically like, we, we know we're smart, so we're sure it's just going to work itself out pretty much. I mean, you know, like some people that are just so smart that they have like such a confidence that, you know, and I I think it's like a little bit of that and, you know, not being able to be gracefully wrong. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big problem that I've had in the past where it's like, if I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong. Oh yeah. A lot of pride comes into it. I think we all have it. I think it's really tough to, to be wrong gracefully. Mm. Like, uh, and they said, I remember reading this thing. It was like one of the uh, craziest or like best traits of Steve Jobs was he would be arguing amicably about something and like, this is how it is and it wouldn't be any other way. And it like, you know, his whole heart and soul in that direction and someone would show him something or tell him something and he would flip his mind like on, like, on, on the spot, on a dime or whatever. And oh, could I be completely that. in the other direction. Because he was smart enough to know like, when he's wrong, he's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Takes a very well, smart think, person to be able to... <clears throat> one of the traits I've been trying to develop recently has been like this ability to just change my mind when like evidence comes up. Which I think is good, especially in like a relationship. Yeah, dude, you have there'll, to. There will be times when like Anna and I are arguing about something and then she's like, look, I'm right. And I'll have to be like, oh, Okay, I guess you're right. Instead of, and, well. and the hardest part is like maybe not even like you know it's easy to like she's like she's like I'm right, and then you just like clamp your mouth shut and just like silently slink away like that. Like it's you have to be like you're you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like you have parallel to parallel universe out there where I'm right. You have to take the bullet to the chest. <laughs> my great grandpa used to argue all night. Like my family would go over 
like the grandparents, everyone would just go to their house and then they'd just get into a giant argument and they'd finally argue him into a corner and he'd just be like, well, that was what I was trying to tell you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's like a this little argumentative, I'm always right trait that I've inherited and I've been working very hard to, you- when I when I am wrong and I realize it, just go, Okay, change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's difficult. It is, it is. Very difficult, especially when it's like something you feel like you're really confident on. And then it's like your whole foundations get shook. And you know, I, but see, the thing is, I think that fight is good because it means that you mm. care. And like I've seen, so I mean, Laura and I have our fights all the time and we disagree. And it's not always like peaches and cream, but I've seen people in relationships where they literally like they don't fight like they've given up like trying to and like that's that's like the death of you inside like when you give that up like you have to fight that sounds like sloth there there you go (laughs) dude that's like one of the biggest things i'm afraid of like with relationships is just like complacency and not just relationships like everything like i don't want to be complacent person like status quo or yeah and i think like as we get older and I don't know, get like some success, it becomes easier and easier to fall into that because now it's like, I don't know, you're not, you're not like super hungry anymore. That, I it's think like, that's like the the word, like the the hunger. So yeah. I, you have to, it's like you, you'll, you'll get to that point where you won't be hungry. I mean, hopefully you'll get to the point where you're not hungry and you'll kind of float along. And I think the trick is to find something else that makes you hungry. You know, like, yeah, I, I have a great cushy job and blah, blah, blah. And I've saved money. And so I was floating along and I was I want to blowing cash and being an idiot. But now I want to do like quit and do this more mass full time. And it's like it's a maybe it's like counterintuitive to now march in another direction. But yeah. So is that like your your hunger goal right now? Then it it's it's a like huge motivator to is that like the one right now? That that's the one. It's it's okay. like the single focus. I'm blind to all other things. I'm, yeah, I'm a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> being a psychopath is great. It's right. It's not great. a deadly sin. I want I want to be able to go into a bookstore and see a book I wrote on the shelf. That that's would like, be awesome. I think it's like my hunger goal right now. I don't know if I'm like as gung ho as you are right now, which is maybe a problem. I'm not sure. Why would you but, think it's a problem? You don't think you're driven or Well, I think maybe maybe it's more a factor of just like I also am really into YouTube, so it's like and then this thing. And so it's like I my attention is kind of split. And maybe you don't need like that single-minded focus on one thing, but there should at least be a thing that gets you more motivated than come home from work and watch Netflix or like I don't know. Just get you up off the this, couch. Yeah, I don't ever want to be at the spot where it's like my my the mo- like the thing I'm looking forward to most is six hours away, you know, or eight hours away or ten hours away, mm. which is like coming home and relaxing. I don't want that for myself. I want there to be something that is like very difficult to achieve, pretty far off, you know, not incredibly far off, but far enough enough that I need to put some sustained effort into it. You know, uh, for me, like, and, and it's that whole thing where like money is a great scorekeeper, but for me, it's it's always been like, not that like people say you can't, but I but there are quite a lot of people who think that you can't, or just will think that you are not able to do what you think you are able to do, and it's for me, it's always been in one direction or the other, trying to see what I'm made out of. Be be a self-made man. Create create a business that I could rely on and be my own boss. Like and and be married and travel. You know, and, and it's just kind of like what's my like? I don't know what my limit is, and I hope I like. I mean, maybe I find my limit, and it's like the most zen experience ever. Or like you just kind of march and you just don't yeah. find it. You know. I don't want to find my limit. <laughs> Push it to the limit. I, I heard some. <laughs> walk along the razor's edge <laughs> I heard some quote that was like the moment you think you've stopped learning like there's only bitterness from there on out Pretty, mm. like you can only become bitter if you don't think there's anything left to learn hmm. so we were doing this podcast episode a while back and we were just like the only end is bitterness <laughs> it's like the most sour end <laughs> but it was also funny but yeah I don't 
I don't want that. I want to keep learning and keep having goals that are hard and difficult. You're good, man. You're Stay good. Stay away from sloth. That's right. Yeah. Except you should see them in like Australia or something. They like those kind of sloths are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're pretty slow, but it's okay. They have huge claws. <laughs> they're like Wolverine almost. Slow Wolverine. Sloth claw. <laughs> so I, I think we covered those sins. I yeah. think so. So yeah, I guess we'll just tie into bow here. If you've got questions, <laughs> or you want to suggest more shaky metaphors for us to try, then uh, listenmoneymatters@gmail.com is where you can get a hold of us, and also listenmoneymatters.com/slash/getinvolved is where you can find a way to subscribe to the show if you're not already. Leave a review or get involved in other ways. And if you want to leave a review on iTunes, it definitely helps us out, helps us climb those charts and get uh, visible to more people. Mm. So this week's review, or I guess today's review, is uh, from Maya642, and she says, I discovered this podcast at work today. I started listening at 10 a.m. and blew through maybe nine or so episodes during the day and on my commute home. Andrew and Thomas are just so down-to-earth and reliable, or not reliable, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be the kind of person who could read reviews and not screw it up, but apparently I'm not. (laughs) Continuing. And I love how varied the finance topics are. I don't think I've ever been this excited about personal finance before, and I can't wait to learn more. Thank you for that review, and I'm really glad that we're able to bring excitement to personal finance, because that's why I'm doing this show. Mm. (laughs) It got me interested in finance and it got me to the point where I'd wake up every morning and want to listen to a podcast about it, which is odd, but <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I think it's, it's made me better with my money for sure. And hopefully it's making you guys better with your money as well. So, Hey, if you want to find our favorite, uh, money management resources and books, we like stuff. All that cool stuff is over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And that's all we got. So thanks again for hanging out with us. We look forward to the next episode. Hey, Andrew. Ciao. Please tell your friends about this show.